Are you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life, bringing you another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And I'm excited today to have a conversation with a new friend of mine. I want to introduce you all to Dr. Cam Mosier. Say hello, Cam. Hello, Paul. Good to be here. I'm glad you're here. I thought I would introduce you as uh, who I think you are. Go for it. And, and I can't do that except through all of the filters that I've set up in my own mind. We're going to have a conversation about that. Uh, Cam is a, is a personal empowerment coach, mentor, trainer. He's created some, some experiential courses uh, that people get to experience all kinds of things about themselves and how they get in their own way and how they handle fear, how they handle their own belief system. How am I doing so far? Uh, pretty good. Yeah? Fits your filters, too? Well, it's good to see myself through other people's filters every now and then, don't you? <laughs> well, and it might help to give just a little bit of background on how, how I encountered you. I actually heard about you several years ago, and I've been avoiding you. <laughs> That's and, good. <laughs> and How'd I've you been, hear about me? Well, I've been avoiding you because of your website. Ah, isn't that interesting? Maybe you better tell me how to fix my well, website. Well, Cam, I did, uh, and nothing's wrong with your website. <laughs> um, but just and and some of the listeners may get a feel for this uh, when we tell them what your website is. Sure. But I had, I I sponsored a cruise a couple of years, and some of you listeners were there on that cruise with with me and Vicky as we did the the first and then the second marital magic cruise. We were down in the Caribbean, and on the ship with us was a chiropractor from Salt Lake who was planning on doing a firewalk experience with Cam Mosier and Associates. And he was trying to recruit everybody on the ship to go do this experience with him. And I thought to myself, are you kidding me? That's crazy. And I I knew that uh, Tony Robbins had introduced this is actually a home run for him to uh, to create this kind of an experience for people but i th- i thought to myself no no i don't see myself doing that and so that was the first introduction i'd had to your name and i knew that you did this firewalk experience or something like that and you're you're one of these fringy crazy people that tries to get people to have mind over matter or, you know, somehow get your brain to the point where you can do things that you shouldn't be doing. Well, and, it's been uh, quite a journey since that <laughs> cruise because uh, our most mm-hmm. recent encounter was actually at the fire, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of ground that was covered between 
those two experiences. But this this was interesting for me. I, I was reintroduced to you, I don't know, a couple of months ago, as I was um, having an experience with your ropes course. And so we met at the gate. And we met at the gate for the ropes course. And I thought, okay, so this is Cam Mosier. And a friend of mine, Steve Zimmerman, uh, who's been a friend of mine for a couple of years, had had mentioned that he's doing some work with you. And this is before I had met you. And so I, I figured, okay, well, Cam Mosier's coming into my life one way or another. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to have to deal with this. And I remember as we were as you were prepping us to go through your ropes course experience, uh, that you said something. Well, you said a lot of things that were just goofy. Like, none of you see me, really, or something along those lines. No, I said I don't exist in your reality. There you go. Okay, so you, you heard how I perceived that or how I filtered it. And that continues to this very moment. I do not exist in your reality, although we're about three feet apart looking into each other's eyes. That's right. Nor do you exist in mine. And that's okay, the listeners. real mind blower for a lot of people, and it changes lives. And I told you this guy's crazy, so, so beware. Well, you know, we, uh, we spend an entire life believing that what we perceive outside of us is real. In fact, we spend a whole yeah. life believing that what we perceive inside of ourselves is real. And uh, that is one of the great illusions of life, I believe. And so we provide people an opportunity to separate perception from reality, which none of us can know. We can only perceive it. Well, that's all we have. That's all we have. That's all we have is our perception. So for you to say that I don't exist, or that you don't exist, in the way you exist for me is in what I see, and then I filter that through all of my experience. Talk about filters for a minute. Well, but the beauty of this, before we uh, we started the show, we you know I, you said how shall I introduce you, and I says, well, I'd like for you to introduce me as you, you know, how do you see as you I know, experience blah, you, blah blah, and mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> so you did, and I was interested, you know, because you mm-hmm. very honestly then said. In introducing me, uh, I have all these filters, so let me fill. I'm have to pass you through my filters, and here's the introduction. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of realizing that, and I'm I'm really directing this comment to our listeners out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a live on purpose thing, and if we can get a handle on some of these really simple and mind blowing ideas, it can change our life immediately the moment we get it. Mm-hmm. And the idea that you don't exist in my reality is a fundamental, because none of us have anything but our five physical senses to experience the world around us. Mm -hmm. We might allow a sixth sense, which I would call that inner knowing or, you know, the ideas, the thoughts, the feelings that I have inside of me that don't originate from outside stimuli. But that's all I have. Mm -hmm. And so whatever is real out there is interpreted or, or presented to me through one of these senses, and uh, your set of senses and my set of senses have to filter through something. So what is it that they filter through? And this is the, mm-hmm. the real substance. They mm-hmm. have to filter through all the conclusions we've drawn about what reality is through our experiences of it since we entered it. That's right. And, that, and from the get-go, we've never had anything more than our senses to experience reality. And every time we experience it, we draw a conclusion about there being something out there. 
mm-hmm. we come into the world, and you know, I joke about it a little bit, you know, welcome to the world. We come out of darkness into the light, out of warmth into cold, and uh, suddenly our butt is swatted, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's, you know, welcome to reality. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. And our very first experience with the outer world is uh, bright and cold and painful. And fairly abrupt. (laughs) And abrupt. (laughs) And from then on, we're building our perception of reality through the experiences we have as infants, small children, and so forth. And Mm -hmm. most of our experiences upon which the foundation of our reality is laid comes very early, way back in infancy and childhood. That's right. And so here we are as grown-ups, and who's running our life? It's that little one way back there who first experienced it and drew some conclusions about it. Mm-hmm. And so you show up at my ropes course, and I would assert to you way back then, probably did, that uh, you're bounded by a prison. And mm-hmm. the prison that you live in is a prison that's defined by what you're afraid of, what you believe you can't do, what you believe you don't deserve, what you believe runs your life. And I'm saying, mm-hmm. if you want to run your life, we're going to have to take a look at that prison which you've accepted for all these years as a reality about you and separate your perception of it from your reality. Your perception is all that stuff I can't it's, do and I don't deserve. And it's and, all you got. And th- but that's all you got. That's all you got. And so we have to jump out into a world of experiences where we can challenge some of those ideas and realize that fear does not run my life. My beliefs about what I can't do don't run my life. I make choices. Mm-hmm. And in order to expand my life out into that realm of possibility, I have to go take some risks. I have to feel some strong feelings. So welcome to the world of Cam Moser's experiential training. (laughs) And you intentionally give people opportunities to step outside of their comfort zone. Oh, wow. You see, comfort zone is where most of us desperately cling to. We, We just so desperately want to stay comfortable. We want to avoid strong feelings. Well, the strong mm-hmm. feelings are out in what I call the, the risk zone or the growth, the growth zone. Mm-hmm. And unless I'm willing to go out and feel some strong feelings, I'm never going to grow. I will stay static and stuck just the way I am. That's right. And strong feelings include fear, but they also include excitement. Mm-hmm. And if I really want the highs of excitement and exhilaration, I'm going to have to be willing to experience the depths of fear and doubt and embarrassment in some of these other areas. And face some things that seem unfaceable. Oh, yes. And you don't always see the prison either. In fact, this is part of the deception, I think, that we create for ourselves and part of the prison. You don't even see it. And you don't see that you've built it. And that creates another reality for you or a perception we got to keep pushing the walls back. We, have to, we never get out of our, limit, our prison, but we can push the walls back to include way more of life inside of it. That's right. Thank you for joining me for the Live on Purpose radio podcast. It is truly an honor to be a part of your prosperity team. Please visit my website, drpaul.org, to get connected with other tools for you and your family. There you will find links to my weekly e-zine, Empower, Harnessing the Power of the Mind, and to the free Parental Power Teleconference that I host every week with my wife, Vicki. You can also check out upcoming events or pick up powerful information products. 
feel free to contact me directly with questions, comments, or to book me for your company or private event. Email me through drpaul at liveonpurposeradio.com. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. Morebetterbooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hidden messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose. This prison that we create, it's not even, even always visible to us, but it's defined by the beliefs and the belief system that we install, sometimes at a very early age. And I've thought about this, Cam, there's a, this lack of awareness of it is interesting. When we talk about it and when we bring it to the conscious mind and we can actually have a conversation about it, then then maybe you, it opens up some choices and possibilities. So an example is speaking English. Sure. When, uh, when you and I decided to have this conversation, we didn't spe- specify that we were going to do it in English, did we? No. But you and I both made that assumption. And when you talk to me, you don't think, well, which language should I use? No. It just comes out very naturally, and you don't even really examine... Or question the fact that you've got that template, that that belief system that's supporting the way you speak to me. And that's just an example. On my website, <clears throat> I put out a lot of information. You know, I'm known as uh, kind of a verbal guy, and, and mm-hmm. I write a lot, and I speak a lot. So people right. that want to learn may have to put up with the fact there's a lot of words there. However... We might as well introduce the website because that's a place where people can go and learn a lot about the kinds of things you and I are talking about. And the website, uh, my website, is called IWalkedOnFire.com. IWalkedOnFire.com. So, Which is why I was avoiding you. Yeah, you were avoiding me because of the title. <laughs> now, if they want calmer titles, there are some other URLs get to the very same website. Yeah. But let's stick with that one. But IWalkedOnFire.com. And that's going to be part of our discussion today as we talk about that belief system, I think. Sure. Now, there's a tab up there that uh, talks about um, our work and so forth. I can't remember exactly what the tab looks like, but you'll find it. It's up across the top. You you click on that tab, and you come up on pages of principles and pages of information. To me, uh, one of the real turning points in my professional work occurred in the late 60s, which obviously dates me. I mean, my hair is gray. Yours isn't quite as gray as mine Well, you know what, Cam? A very important thing happened to me in the late 60s, too. 
You were probably born. You remember that abrupt experience <laughs> we were talking about? Yeah, I had a little bit of an experience. Well, I was uh, old enough to be starting teaching back then in the college. Okay. Point is, then in the 60s, American education was taking a hard look at itself in the aftermath of Sputnik, and mm-hmm. science education in particular. And I'm, uh, my PhD is uh, in geology, so you, know, you, okay. you, you work on people's heads. So do I, kind of. I work on the rocks in people's heads, I say There now. you go. Yeah. Uh, I left that field earlier. However, here's the point. <clears throat> People's mechanisms for learning fall in three domains, and there are some books that talk about this, and one of those domain, domains is called the cognitive domain. Now, language resides in the cognitive domain. Our brains are wired to be symbolic, and we uh, describe our reality in symbols, which become our language. Uh, however, the cognitive domain is not the only mechanism for learning, nor is it the earliest one to begin. In fact, it is the last one to develop in our psyche and generally doesn't develop until we have language and then only really begins. Mm-hmm. Prior to that time, we have other domains of learning. One is called the psychomotor domain. The psychomotor domain is where we connect our machine, our body, with intention. So, for example, as an infant, I am uh, reaching for the ball. I keep working and working. Wow, I finally Mm -hmm. have it. You know, the ability to get my muscles and my body to respond to my intention is the psychomotor domain. And it continues all all of our life. Sure. There's a third domain called the affective domain. Mm -hmm. This is the domain where we are experiencing life and we are learning through these experiences to form meanings, to form beliefs, to draw out conclusions about it. It is the domain where we form our belief system, our definition of reality. Now, to talk about it in language is to impose another domain on stuff that resides way down deep inside of us. Before the cognitive mm-hmm. domain developed, we had a mass of learning through our experiences as tiny infants. Mm-hmm. And uh, that mass of learning, once we became conscious and cognitive, uh, then uh, consciously connecting with our world through cognition, then all of this affective stuff went into the subconscious, way out of sight. That's where our beliefs about ourselves. That's where I believe uh, what I can't do. That's where I believe what I don't deserve. That's where I believe how lovable I am. Mm-hmm. And that's where I believe what control I have over my experience as opposed to what is done to me by circumstances and others. I call those four basic beliefs the survival beliefs. And it's critical mm-hmm. that we as human beings fill out those beliefs early in life because we have to determine for ourselves how we're going to survive. And so these survival beliefs, what, how capable am I? How lovable am I? How much do I matter? And how much control I have over my experience really are very early beliefs. They form fun, uh, foundationally before we have cognitive processing available to us, which then drives them into the subconscious. That's the prison we live in, and we cannot access it cognitively. It didn't form in the cognitive domain. And in the subconscious mind, you're, it, the reason we call it subconscious, yes. sub meaning below, conscious meaning awareness, is below your awareness, you're not even aware of it. No. You don't see it. But it's there operating like a template. To everything that you do and everything that you experience. Oh, it drives your whole perception of reality. 
We have mm-hmm. people come to these programs. I mean, we call it the ropes course, the firewalk, and they are committed to their belief that I can't do that. Now, why can't Absolutely. I do that? And they will give as their reasons, I'm afraid. Oh, fear is just a feeling, Paul. It's just a feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an emotion. It's a response that we have to perception. It's a programmed response, and it's a good thing we have fear. If we didn't have fear, we wouldn't have survived infancy and mm-hmm. toddlerhood. <laughs> but then there's all kinds of conclusions that we draw based on that feeling. That's right. And our perception of what it means. And so I have people come to me as a grown-up, adult, healthy, capable person. I can't do that. Well, why can't you do that? I'm afraid. You know, as though fear, and as though I'm supposed to accept that as an excuse for why they can't do something. Or a real barrier. <laughs> well, to me, I, I feel fear too. You know, hey, <laughs> folks, if I, I didn't feel fear, I wouldn't Good. have su- survived childhood and That's right. adolescence. You Natural know? part Certainly of Certainly young adulthood. However, fear is simply a feeling. And one of the beauties of going into programs like this is to realize that, I, that fear is simply one of my tools as a human being. It's a warning to me to mm-hmm. take a look and take a look. I should take a look. And once I've looked, uh, maybe I can decide, well, okay, the systems are in place uh, that I can take action reasonably safely, and let's move forward and feel the fear and do it anyway, which is a great book title. Dr. Susan I wish I'd have Jeffers. written that one, but you know, yeah. just the title alone is worth citing. That sums it up Brilliant. right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So this, this fear barrier only becomes a barrier because of what we conclude about our own capability, our own control, some of those basic foundational beliefs that you were talking about. And then I stop on this side of my fear because of all of those conclusions that I've drawn. It doesn't mean I can't do it. It's just one of several strong feelings that stop a lot of us. Mm -hmm. Fear is one of them. Embarrassment is another one. How much could I accomplish? What would be opened up to me in life? If I was willing, willing to feel embarrassment, wow, mm-hmm. you know, where do I stop because I am unwilling to feel embarrassment? We have a lot of teenage groups come out. I think embarrassment is one of the great barriers to adolescence, and p- kids are just unwilling oh, yeah. to get embarrassed. And you know that's where peer pressure comes. A lot of that peer pressure is I'm unwilling to take a stand for something for fear of embarrassment with my friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, in adulthood, you know, we have the same thing. I discovered that I can speak in front of people as an adult. Mm-hmm. I discovered it. But I, I had to face my fear of embarrassment. I mean, what if I make a mistake? What if I do something wrong? Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, what if I say it wrong, blah, 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 all that? What, what if they don't like me? And all that stuff, I had to face it. Yeah, I love Once the I faced question. it and realized, oh, I survived. <laughs> huh. Okay. What do you know? So I can feel that <laughs> feeling, and now I don't feel it as much, and now I have more confidence in myself, and they aren't throwing me out, and they're not uh, ridiculing me, and who knows? Maybe they even listen. You know, so yes. that fear of embarrassment to, be, to being a speaker or just sharing my thoughts, mm-hmm. not necessarily standing up in front of an audience, but just sharing my thoughts and my ideas with other people. Which Goodness. are very intimate. Well, you sometimes know? I have an idea that might work. Exactly. And I keep it inside myself and deny a whole group of people or, or my family or my work or my neighborhood beneficial ideas that I have. What a shame. But what if? Yeah, what if I shared? I love that question, the what if question. And, and you know, all you got to do is answer it. Just answer the what if. 
and see that you could handle whatever happens. And then move forward. Feel the fear and do it anyway. What's the worst could happen if I share my idea? It doesn't go anywhere. What's the best that could happen? Who knows? Could change the whole world. When you cry, be sure to dry your eyes. Because better days are sure to come. I've got a great idea. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com with the World of Ideas Report. Keeping a professional edge can have a price. Looking your best can have an even bigger price as dry cleaning bills find their way to your mailbox. One Japanese company has decided to focus on the problem and has produced a rather unique solution. Konaka, a Japanese clothing retailer, has recently launched a successful innovation that has white-collar workers rushing to their stores. They call the invention Shower Clean. Shower Clean is a specially crafted wool fabric that can be washed in the shower. It only takes two hours to air dry and is ready to go again without any wrinkles and does not need to be ironed. The fabric is made of real Australian wool and has a special blend of protective materials that keeps it from losing its shape and absorbing unwanted germs and grime. Their first product is a full two-piece men's suit. No dry cleaning, no ironing, no washing machines. Congratulations, Konaka, for your suitable idea. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I don't know the key to success, but the key to failure is trying to please everybody. Bill Cosby. And when you dream, dream big, as big as the ocean. So, Ken, there's this. There's this interesting syndrome that we've talked about before on this show and that you've obviously observed in your own life, and that it's called the special case syndrome. <laughs> and in that special case syndrome, I am a special case. You know, and I've seen this with, with things like the experiences that you provide out at your facility, where I see other people doing it. Okay, I see them doing it. I see that they're doing it safely. I see that they're accomplishing things that I'm fearing myself. And and yet there's something special about me that says that, no, I can't do that. I'm built differently. I'm exposed to different risks than other people, whatever it is. And we become so fond of our own perception. And we know that we're right. You know, you can be sure. You can be, and I was, I was, I was sure about my belief. You know, and yet, okay, so this special case syndrome, I think, happens because we're all kind of enclosed in our own reality, in our own box. Yeah, if, I, I think of it that will. way, Paul, that we all live in a box. I just, you just have to mm-hmm. picture that. Okay. Uh, imagine that there you are living in your little box, 
and you got yours. I got mine. We're a few feet apart, but there's we have our own individual separate box. Every We're human inside. being, look at uh, every member of our family. I got my little box. Uh, my husband or wife, my children, all of them, my grand, my parents. But you know, everybody is on their own little individual box. Now, mm-hmm. I have to picture myself down inside my box. There, I'm in the middle of it, and I'm looking out at what I perceive to be real. And what I have to realize is that my entire perception of reality is projected on the inside of my box. On the and inside so I'm seeing of your box. Yeah. My perception is the projection of my belief system on the inside of my box. Now, you're looking at me from the mm-hmm. inside of your box, and I'm looking at you from the inside of my box. And That's we talked right. about filters. You mm-hmm. see, it's the filters of my beliefs and my conclusions and the meanings that I've assigned to all everything I've experienced in my life that form my perception that's projected on the inside of my box. There I am looking at it. And mm-hmm. I look at you through that same filter. So there you are mm-hmm. as a projection on the inside of my box. And of course, you're looking back at me and you see the exact same thing. I exist as a projection on the inside of your box. And so when I say I don't exist in your reality, that's what I mean. The only thing you have to go on for, with regards to me is that projection of your beliefs about me and the role that I play in your reality and so forth on the inside of your box. Mm-hmm. I don't exist in your box. Now, you want to go, the, go for the gold here, Paul, then there's yeah. one more little piece. Let's, to get. let's go for it. You don't exist in your own reality. It's just the projection. You're... You exist only as a perception in your own reality. You see yourself through your inner eye. And in the mirror in Mm -hmm. the morning, you see yourself only through the filter of your own beliefs about yourself. But you know what? I'm sure I'm right. Oh, absolutely. And so you'll come to our course (laughs) and you'll insist, I can't do that, or I am afraid, or blah, 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 you insist. That can't be done. That's impossible. It can't be done. Now... You alluded to a really interesting thing, which is the special case syndrome. Mm-hmm. Now, people go on in life, and of course, they see other people doing amazing things. We are humans. We're incredible. Yeah. Look what human beings accomplish. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, I look out, I, I, I mean, the magazines that I read, what I see, just the people that I meet, I'm not doing those things, but others are. We do amazing. Why am I not doing those things? Hmm. And all of us can ask that question. I don't know that I need to aspire to do everything. But look what people are doing in their realm. Well, what could I do in my realm way bigger and way more magnificently than I am? And the only thing that's holding me back is my beliefs about what's possible for me. And what I can do and what what, what I can't do. And I tend to focus on the stuff I can't. And nobody does everything. Why bother? We only have 70 or so. Well, we only have a lifetime, whatever it is. You know, you don't want the, to put too the, many limits on that. <laughs> one of the beauties is to think into ancient history, and I, I don't know the exact facts, but let's take somebody like Alexander the Great. Okay. He conquered the known world. He mm-hmm. took Greek civilization clear into India and uh, way east. He ruled over virtually all of the known nations of the time. I think it was about 20. <laughs> uh-huh. He died in his 20s. Well... You know, here we are with all of the resources we have today of uh, technological resources, health, uh, lifespan, all of these amazing resources. Some of us are doing amazing things with them. Most of mm-hmm. us live in our smaller worlds, you know, happy to settle for our beliefs about what is possible and what we're afraid to risk. 
So here mm-hmm. we are. And so, Paul, I, I just love the idea that you would come to a course like mine. I mean, you have an, a marvelous career. You're changing lives. Live on Purpose Radio. I mean, mm-hmm. you're doing that. How come I'm not doing that? Well, I don't have to. You got me here. here yeah, but you what are. I'm doing is offering people an opportunity to challenge the beliefs they have about what they can't do and what they don't deserve and what's possible for them and realize that it, they're not a special case in that sense. They are amazing. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's the title of my book. I'm okay. I'm okay that's to the right. core. I'm okay. I'm just not finished. And so uh, that title, I'm okay, I'm just not finished, is really my message to the world that you know, we've got a lifetime to discover who we are. Let's be about it. Let's get out there and start risking and pressing the edges yes. of what's possible and, and see what more I can discover about who I am before I leave this planet. You know, mortal life is a precious gift. And the opportunity to live it expansively. Somebody said that we, human beings rarely utilize more than 15, 20% of their capacity, mental capacity, Mm -hmm. emotional Mm -hmm. capacity, you know, that we live in this little tiny package. Well, some people probably really reach out as far as they could in their lifetime, but how many of us press to discover? Uh, 50% of who we are. <laughs> yeah. Let alone 100%, you know. Mm-hmm. And it and uh, so that's my commitment is to offer people as much of an opportunity as I know how to at least be willing to press the edges to live a little larger. And you know I wanted to mention your book anyway. And thank you for bringing that up. I'm okay. Just be with that for a minute, folks. How much of your life is spent trying to fix what's not okay about you? Or prove that you're okay or when it's self-evident that, when you, you start. trying to prove it to anyway, <laughs> you know? Man. Because we tend to, and this is part of the special case syndrome too, There's you, you and I had lunch last week, and, yes. and you talked about this pendulum, and I've taught for years in my practice that there, there are two paradigms that you can see the world through. One is the victim paradigm, and one is the agent paradigm. And this pendulum that you talked about, at, at one end of that pendulum swing is being a victim of circumstances. And this is where you're blaming someone or something else for everything that's going on in your life. The finger's always pointing out there. It's not me. It wasn't my fault. Uh, I can't help it. In fact, listen to the media every night and watch how the finger is pointing. We are a culture that is victim oriented. And, you know, we are training our children to point the finger out. There's always somebody else who's got to be to blame for everything that goes wrong in my life. So if that pendulum swings clear back to the other extreme, and this is what kind of invited me to see things a little differently at our lunch, because I was thinking, well, he's going to talk about the agent and being responsible and accountable for your life. No, you said being at the other end of the pendulum swing is that you are a victim of yourself. <laughs> talk yeah, about that. Yeah, so uh, at the one side, we have uh, the circumstances and other people that are doing everything to me, and suddenly we realize oh, wow, I'm going to be accountable for my life. And now I look out at, at the troubles of my life and say, I'm the cause of it all. And so everything, and, and I can e- even expand that to be, I'm the cause of everything is bad. Oh, my goodness. And so mm-hmm. now I'm beating up myself because I'm so accountable for, and I'm blaming myself for everything that goes wrong in my life. I created everything in it. Yeah. 
And so instead of uh, beating on my neighbors for blaming me, now I'm beating on myself for causing all the difficulties in my life. And so true accountability is, some, is a middle ground. Sure. It's, it's not blaming your circumstances, and it's not blaming yourself. Either way, you're being a victim. Well, that leads me into the five, what I call the five principles of empowerment. And the very first principle we're touching on right now, the very first principle of empowerment is very simple. Life is. Life is. And that's it. That's it. You know, I have to sit back and say it's not about who did it and what made it happen this way. It's noticing that's where it is. That's what's going on right now. Circumstances have occurred. Yeah. Here I am in the midst of them. So I get, I get this all the time in my practice, and in my own life it shows up all the time too, where I get to a point where I'm thinking it should be different. Yeah. Well, it just is. This is what it is. And the second one comes right out of that one. The second principle of empowerment is the only moment of importance is now. And this is the only moment I'm experiencing right now. Life is exactly it is right now. That's what I have to deal with. We may get to the other three yet, too. Maybe so. All right. You know, in today's world, people have become much more conscious of their health and wellness. Finding new and effective ways to combat the effects of disease, aging, and poor nutrition is more important than it ever has been as we look to improve our own life and the lives of those we love. Hi, I'm Micah Kagi, and a few short years ago, I discovered a company called Kayani. Kayani is a rapidly growing nutritional supplement company that is marketing in over 20 countries. Kayani's products combine the nutritional benefits of well-known superfruits with Nobel Prize winning research and breakthrough science. Not only does Kayani help to improve health and wellness of families, but through the amazing business opportunity that it offers, people like me have been able to create financial freedom. Kayani has the power to change your life, regardless of where you are or what your needs may be. Whether you are new to network marketing or a seasoned veteran, you will find that Kayani has what you've been looking for a well-financed, growing company with proven management to generate immediate income and the potential to allow normal people like you and I to succeed if we are willing to put forth the time and effort. Kayani is a proud sponsor of Live On Purpose Radio. To learn more or to join our exciting team, please visit liveonpurpose.mykayanilife.com. That's liveonpurpose.mykayanilife.com. You got us all fired up about these five principles of empowerment. And the first one is life is, and it's almost like you're going to say something else, but that's it. That's it. Life is. It's neither good nor bad. You see, those are judgments that we make about it. That's right. Life simply, simply presents itself to us, and or we engage in it. And life mm-hmm. in this moment, which is the second principle, is the only moment of importance is now. Here it is. This is life right now. You know, I can look at a circumstance. I've been in an auto accident. Oh, that's bad. Or that's whatever it is, you know. But in the moment of now, I'm in it. I can't change the moment of now. It is what it is. The choices that led me to this moment 
have been made and the consequences are present right now. That's life is. Yes. And whether it's good or bad is a judgment we make about it. And I'd like to make a distinction there, too, that you brought to mind when you mentioned the car accident. Yeah. Some of life is painful. Absolutely. And painful is not the same thing as bad. That's right. Because I, I maintain that no matter the circumstance, there's always something I can learn from it or some element of growth that I can gain through it. So I'm in the auto accident. Uh, if I've survived the auto accident, is that good news? Uh, I'm alive. All right, now what can I learn? Well, I may be able to learn something from the consequences of choices that would allow me to make different choices in the future. That's an important mm -hmm. part of learning. And if I've been injured in some significant ways, maybe I get to learn how to live my life from a higher level of character. I don't need to feel sorry for myself. I get to retool my life to mm -hmm. take what I have in life as it is right now and make it into something positive for my future. One of the books I read about that, it's right along those same lines, was by Art Berg. And maybe you're familiar with Art. Um, he was in a car accident, became quadriplegic. Yes. And then went out to proceed to inspire millions of people. Yes. And yes, that's what yes, you're yes. talking And his book is called The Impossible, just takes a little longer. Takes a little longer. You know, there's this uh, a tagline in my logo, you'll see it on my website, is the impossible is possible. Mm -hmm. Impossible only resides in our beliefs. Impossible is an opinion. And impossible is then uh, what we uh, alter in order to make our future meaningful and satisfying. We take right. the perceived impossible. You know, as I, I think about humankind, we have stood on the moon. Our grandparents would have said, that's impossible. Yet Some of we've them been did there. say that. We have been there. That's right. And uh, So the first two principles are those two. And we get to the third principle. The third one is uh, probably the hardest one to live because it says, I'm absolutely responsible for my entire life, period. <laughs> Let me say that again slowly. I am absolutely responsible for my entire life, period. I am the only one who ever made a choice in my life. Others made choices about my life that affected my life, but I'm the only one who ever made a choice in my life. Now, my mother... Well, you're the only one in the box. <laughs> that's right. You know, my mother, my parents, uh, my friends, others may have made choices that affected my life, but if those choices are still in my life, it's because I chose to buy them into my life. Mm -hmm. I am the only one who ever made a choice in my life. Now, given that fact, then I have to say I've created my entire life. Circumstances mm -hmm. come. The auto accident, maybe I was uninvolved in the choices that led to it. Uh, we've had tragedies where people crossed the median line and so forth, and yeah. I was obeying the law, just going down. However, here it is. And now I will make every choice from this point forward of how I'm going to deal with the circumstances that are presented into my life right now. I am the only, mm -hmm. I'm, I am entirely responsible for my life, period. Now, okay. the fourth one, the fourth one is also a, a very interesting because it introduces a new little principle, and I call it the mirror principle. The mirror principle. I get up every morning and I look in the mirror. Uh, it's giving me information about me, and the, the information it gives me is my mattress hair and the uh, creases along my, across my cheek that came from the pillow folds, and all of that information just gives me information. It shows me mm -hmm. the state of my beard or whatever I'm looking at. Now, the decisions I get to make, what do I want to do with this information so that I can make myself into the image that I want to present to my public? Mm -hmm. And so I take the effort and make the corrections. All right, the mirror principle. Uh, 
since I'm looking into my belief system when I see my reality as it's projected as a perception on the inside of my box. Mm -hmm. Life in every aspect of it simply is a mirror of my beliefs and particularly the aspects of life that bring up strong feelings and emotional responses uh, are, are really reflecting back my beliefs, the meanings that I've assigned to them, and I'm seeing my perception. Now, here it leads us to the fourth principle. The fourth principle says, everything I have in my life right now is a, re is a perfect mirror of my priorities. Hmm. The priorities that I hold, most of which are subconscious, drive every choice that I make. And the choices that I make deliver to me what I have in my life. And I sometimes will say to people, so dump your wallet out on the table, look at your bank account, look at the house you live in, look at the family you have, look at the education you have, look at everything that you have in your life that's been put there by your choices, and you see a perfect mirror of your priorities. And if you want mm -hmm. something different in life, what do you got to do? Mm. Change your priorities. Change your priorities. Which brings us to the fifth principle. And also, while we're on the mirror principle, it's life is very, very good at showing you to you. Yeah. If you'll accept it. I, I, it. I only see me in my life. But of course, I don't like to see me. I'd rather blame you. So I'm going to point my finger at you as the cause of everything in my life, where in fact, yeah. it's me and my choices and my priorities that have caused it all. So my previous episode was called Feedback, Breakfast of Champions. Yes. You use a similar phrase in your book about the lifeblood of champions and, and how th this is just information to you that you get to see yourself from a different perspective if you're open. Yeah, life is the mirror. I, I always yes. have to keep in mind that life is the mirror. It is no different than the mirror I use in the morning to see information about myself. You don't have to like what you see. I don't have to. In go. fact, I may not like what I see, but so what? Because what I see in the mirror of my life, everything that comes into my life gives me an opportunity to uh, learn about the choices and the beliefs and the uh, meanings and the expectations that I have brought mm -hmm. to that moment. And I can choose those and I can alter them if they're not working for me. Which is the fifth principle. The fifth principle. Which stated in the negative is if you keep on doing what you always done, you keep on getting what you always got which really simply means that I can look into the mirror of my life every moment and see it as it is. I see my priorities, I see my beliefs, and if I want something different, then I'm going to have to go inside to the place where the beliefs and the priorities reside and make those changes. I can only create a different future by changing the beliefs and the priorities that gave me the one I have right now. And in doing that, it opens up some remarkable possibilities. Yeah for choice, for accountability, for moving forward in a way that you want to create the life that you want, the life that you love, and you're okay. That's where we have to begin. I am okay. I may do funny things every now and then. I may do disappointing things right now. Absolutely. I may do things that will cause me opportunities to really learn some serious and sometimes painful lessons. But I can never alter the fact that I am okay. I cannot do anything in this life that will alter the fact that I came in okay, I grew up okay, I will live my entire life as a magnificent, okay human being. And 
mm-hmm. that's my opportunity to really discover that, to live yeah. in such a way that I discover what a magnificent being I am. I am okay. I'm just not finished yet. That's okay. your book. That's available through your website. It is. Which is IWalkedOnFire.com. That's the website. And go to the website, folks, even though the title may frighten you like it did me. I thought Cam was just crazy and out of his mind, walking on fire, what are you talking about? And then he helped me to see myself in that context a little differently, and I'm grateful for that. Well, I'm grateful that you offered me this opportunity to have a great conversation with you, Paul. And there there will be additional conversations. We didn't say everything, did we? No, not at all. (laughs) And uh, hopefully that triggers a little bit of thinking for you as a listener. If you will consider that bottom line... And the bottom line message is you are okay. You are okay. You don't have to prove anything to yourself or anyone else. But take a look and see the feedback that the world is giving you through, through the eyes of those who care about you enough to share it with you. I think I heard you say once, too, the instructions to getting out of your box are on the outside of the box. Are printed <laughs> on the outside of the box. And so other people have a marvelous message to you. They see you mm-hmm. far more beautiful more beautiful than you see yourself. And that's, that's usually true. Cam, anything else you want to share as a, a final thought for this episode? Well, I would hope that people, uh, all of you listeners out there, that you'll take a look in the mirror of this broadcast and say whatever sparked you, if you heard something that you didn't agree with or you heard something that caused you to look deeply down inside, do it. Take that moment of, I don't agree challenge it look into it get engaged in your own self if you did agree great there's plenty of resources out there some of them are available on my website and i know other places where you can find great information of what a magnificent being you are thank you cam everybody go out there and live on purpose 